0: Hey, I'm Kristen. And I'm Mike. And this is The The Business Business Family. You're listening to episode 11 of The Business Family. This is part two of our interview with LaForge Family Vineyard, and I definitely recommend going back and checking it out. But as a short recap, we talked about how the vineyard came to be and the hurdles of starting a small business in the food and beverage industry. Today, you'll hear about how Karis and Kevin leaned into their community in order to market themselves, how to do market research, and the super cool story of how they got their product in a local grocery store. So let's jump on in.
1: Please, talk about uh, the labeling work.
2: Oh, sure. So, I, um, so this is the other thing. Um, so my background is in art. Um, I have an art degree um, that was up until now kind of useless, I guess, (laughs) (laughs) useless for uh, job purposes. So, um, so I got, so this was, um, my chance to kind of get back into it and, uh, in, in um, in more of a directed way where I, um, actually had, um, a little bit of pressure to complete something, to complete something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so I so I got into design. Um, So I do all the all the label designs, um,
0: which is like, that's beautiful. Oh, Thank you. I love it. And I love the dragon one. Thanks. So So cool.
2: Yeah. And I I redesigned the lemon one, too, because that was the first label I designed before I really honed in on my style. Mm -hmm. Um, It's literally just a picture of lemons on a table next to a glass of the wine which is fine but um, but I started doing more, um, more of like fine art meets design um, so I um, the medium I've been working with is uh, pen and colored pencil for cool. um, all the other designs so the lemon so the black raspberry wine is a dragon decided to do a mythical creature theme for all of our fruit wines That's so the lemon wine is going to be a unicorn oh cool <laughs> and then if is we do other fruit wines yes, yes.
0: yeah they're doing so, like a mythical creature theme oh i love it yeah,
2: yeah so as we kind of expand our fruit wines um we'll get you know there'll be different mythical creatures and then the, the grape wines will be more of that calligraphy okay. kind of um oh like yeah whimsical script yeah look. so um, so that's been a learning experience for me too, like, uh, learning how
0: to, um, effectively market a product and how yeah, to talk to me about that because I'm so yeah. interested. Cause I'm like, okay, you <laughs> sold out of your blackberry, black raspberry wine. <laughs> so people know who you are. Yes. They're finding you. How the heck are they finding you? Is, so, this, is this just you community? A, okay, for you like, friends? So a <laughs> well, lot of this, like, I can't even take credit for,
2: I don't have a marketing background, um, so I've been learning all of this just as I go, um, right. which yeah. is
0: Thoughts? a little scary. Thoughts?
3: It's, yeah, so so we're delicious. We're drinking the
0: lemonade wine.
3: It's, it's delicious. It's good. so refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> it's crisp. No, we, it's tart. It's sweet. <laughs> not too sweet. It's sweet, though. Definitely sweet. Yeah, uh, and it'll get
0: you all happy. We should
3: yeah. probably what more can you ask
2: for?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it basically tastes just
2: like it sounds. Yeah, When when, so when people good. ask me what it is, I'm like, well, it's like lemonade with alcohol
1: we don't grow the lemons on the <laughs> property in case you're aware citrus does not yeah. grow in illinois you don't have hybrid uh, lemons here no no i'm
2: afraid not <laughs> Next i steps. wonder if those actually exist Probably so tell, do. So can we
3: just, i want to hear more about marketing sure. stuff but since we just brought this out lemonade wine that's that's a new one <laughs> like i've never heard of that you know so, so you you
1: squeeze lemons you put a yeast in it and just so literally this is this is exactly what it says on the label it is i make lemonade and then i ferment it and there's a certain wow. process so that way it'll survive um oh my gosh yeast has trouble surviving a lemon juice Another but there's a certain no. um yeah this this is sweeter it's so the one
0: five percent alcohol yes.
2: everyone so i like <laughs> to actually it cut, drinks cut like nothing. it drinks, like, it like, drinks yeah, like like i could like chug cider. the bottle yeah. <laughs> so i'm he, a lightweight and me, yeah. i like to cut it 50 50 with with like seltzer water or something like yeah. that um because yeah
1: yes,
3: this will make you. I didn't you eat very... lunch before
2: this,
0: so we'll oh, see how I'm doing by <laughs> the end make Mike's <laughs> driving, right?
3: Actually, I'm heading <laughs> oh, to the gosh. city, so maybe I will I might... stay for
1: dinner. <laughs> <laughs> that was the plan. <laughs> <laughs> Get them so... drunk so they can't drive home. <laughs> oh Just my god! Yeah. yeah. So um, I mean,
0: you're more than welcome. No, so I know it. here too. But... Anyway, so lemonade wine—you make lemonade, yep. you ferment it—and
1: then this was something I wasn't originally planning on, on like selling because it's not something that's grown here. And that was kind of the idea: is like this is as local as it can get. You know, you can come and and see the wine, you can see the vines that grow your grapes that that are, yeah, that's so in fun. the wine you're drinking, which is which is kind of our the idea behind all of it. But I made some of this, and it was like a hot day. I brought some over for some neighbors, and I was like, here, try this. And then they were like, oh, this is this is really good. When are you planning on selling it? And I'm like. Uh, You know, I'm I'm not because I started listing off my excuses. They're like, why not? (laughs) Like, oh, okay. And really, this is one of the reasons why we're this
2: has basically saved our our finances. finances.
0: (laughs) Isn't that interesting? Yeah, Yeah. it's just something that that
1: came out of the blue, really, and and it's really. it's really because it, I didn't recognize really the, some of the overhead that we'd be having within the form of the insurance. Sure. I mean, I knew about the licenses and things, but I mean, we probably have about $3,000 worth of overhead a year that we've got to cover. And mm-hmm. and even though an in, in individual bottle of wine, I, I always like to tell people like, this is this is my trivia. What do you think out of this that you're looking at, what do you think costs the most? The so bottle and the, the cork.
0: The bottle. So
1: the bottle's a dollar. What do you think costs the second most? The
0: cork. No. The label.
1: No. Try again. Think harder. So, and and starts, so I make
3: wine as well. For us, it's the bottle and then start, the cork. Yeah. It starts, well, with, it. starts with a tea. Well, think not a
2: physical... Time. Taxes.
3: Taxes. Taxes. Oh, taxes. Oh, I don't sell wine, so I don't understand. The second that. most
1: expensive component in this wine is the taxes. Wow. Yep. Really? So, followed by the label, the cork, and the wine. Explain that. So you sell this bottle of wine for what? $15? Is, these, are, these are ten bucks. Ten
3: dollars. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. the raspberry wine is
2: twelve, and then our grape wines are more in yeah. like the fifteen to twenty five range. Great. Okay. So yeah.
3: so then you're saying that there's a ten percent tax? No,
1: it's not a percentage. It's actually a straight excise tax per gallon. Okay. Um, and in Illinois and on the federal level. So um, one of those things that happens in legislation that a lot of people don't pay attention to. So, you know, that the big Trump tax cut things that came by. Yeah. Uh, tucked in the corner of that. um was a new bill that decreased the taxes for micro wineries and breweries and dropped the federal tax rate from a dollar and 13 cents a gallon down to 7 cents a gallon so it was like a 94% tax cut wow. which is which, is, which wow. is great and it's most it's it's only for like low volume sure. people Yeah. So, like, the first first 5,000 gallons are are the seven cents, and then everything above that's more, basically. Oh, got it. Um, So, but that's great for people like us who are looking to start out, like, that really took a chunk out of the overhead. Now, the Illinois state license, they're currently talking, the uh, excise tax, they're currently talking about doubling it because, again, our state is broke and silly.
3: Yeah,
1: that's great. But the... um, uh, still that that's it's interesting that like when i tell people like taxes you're drinking taxes right now (laughs) like part of what you're paying so like but we have to sell essentially um like 350 of these before we make a profit wow and that's a lot of sales Mm -hmm. to do So. so
2: Speaking of kids, <laughs> um, you have to pick up yours in uh, probably
0: 10 to 15 minutes, Great. but one of us can do that and we can jump back in. Totally. But I would love to hear more about marketing. Let's just jump back into yeah, that absolutely. really quick and then we can yeah. talk taxes more because that's yeah. <laughs> Although it's Sorry. It seems boring, no, it's actually okay. very interesting to me.
2: So as far as the, the marketing goes, um, I think I've honestly, part of it is just the, the um, I just feel very fortunate to be. In an area where people are already really interested in our product, mm. Mm. Um, like the wine, it almost kind of sells itself. Um, and I, and that's not to say like I don't do anything with the marketing, but really it's it's almost all word of mouth and social media. Wow. Um. And and I think also we don't have we don't really have competition here. Yeah. Like we're we the, the only. Yeah. We're the only winery and vineyard in Warrenville. Not just and in and Warrenville, DuPage in County. DuPage County. Yeah. Wow. wow. So there are other
1: wineries and other vineyards. My understanding is, but nobody who does both on yeah. the same site. So. Hmm. So,
2: and I don't want to use that as an excuse not to not to do a good job with with marketing, but I but I really, um, but. I think it wouldn't be honest not to acknowledge that of course so that's yeah. been a huge part of it. Um, but I've been learning a lot about like what kind of, um, you know how like on your Facebook page you can look at the, um, uh, what do you call the it? Insights. Analytics. the insights, yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's been super useful to see like, okay, what kind of content really generates a response? So hmm. if, if we're just talking about our products and how you can get them, it's not all that interesting. Right. But I think, so I heard this on another podcast. Um, so Christy, Wright, She does a pot. Um, she's like a Ramsey personality. I think, I I don't know if she works for him or what, but, um, but she has a podcast called the business boutique and it's really, um, it's, it's geared towards, towards women in business, um, doing small businesses. And so something that she said on her podcast was for every, for every, um, do you remember how it was, it was, like, was worded? It was for like every, for every,
1: um, for every ask.
2: Yes, for every ask, yeah. you have, you have to. You should put out th- at least three pieces of uh, content:
0: <laughs> the jab, 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 sell, or something I like know. that. Exactly. Not, not just
1: like jab, but just like here's something for you that's yes. exciting right. for you, and, and just we're not just creating value for anybody. Like, you know? So, yeah, so
2: exactly. for example, so you can put a mm-hmm. face behind. Okay, who is who? Who are the faces
0: behind the small business, right. and what? Why do they do it? Yeah, right. the number yeah. So, the the top liked photos on our personal. Well, not on our personal, but on our wedding
1: mm-hmm.
0: Instagram, on our business family, Instagram, and on Livesite Media our photos of our family. Mm-hmm. Doesn't <laughs> matter how many yeah. P- yeah. It's dope oh, it's photos, actually wedding photos yeah. I take, it will always mm-hmm. be our family. We had yeah, some always. we had some professional
2: photos done. because um, we hadn't done one of the biz for the business specifically. Yes. We've done like family photos in the vineyard. Um, so we wanted to get some professional headshots and stuff we did that last week and um and uh you know through like brought our kids out at the very end to do some photos with us we have gotten so much activity from that like so like almost as much so the the single post that got the most um the most responses and the most um reach was um when we announced that our lemonade wine was for sale at the, at local, the local grocery store. Grocery store. Uh, cool. So, yeah. this was the second beyond that. And wow. that was like, you know, everyone loved just seeing us and the pictures right. of our family. Yeah. And so,
1: and also just like we provide just con like we're providing not only do we provide wine, we also provide like wine making mm-hmm. content. Yeah. We did that, a like workshop at the
2: library last yeah. week or a, a presentation cool. about cold climate viticulture. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I think things like that, like, like people are really interested because there aren't a lot of wineries and, and vineyard or vineyards in this area. Um,
1: and and now I have like people in town being like, like my Concord grapes just aren't producing. What, what can I do? I'm like, (laughs) I happen to be an expert now. (laughs) I think that's so significant
0: though, because anyone can make a product And nowadays, like with the internet and, you know, being able to like, you can literally go online and read the law and you don't have to go down to city hall, (laughs) you know, it's like anyone has access to do it. And so what's actually going to set you apart is like who you are. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like huge. And I think that's why things like the family photos are the most enticing for people Mm -hmm. because they're like, oh, you don't, it's not just this bottle, right? you know, like the people behind the bottle and the people who are putting the love and the care into creating this is what's important. Yeah, and and right, it's, it's really, it's really cool.
1: helped connect us into the community yeah. as well. And I, and that's one of the things that I decided, especially Warrenville being a smaller town, like, like I'm going to really just get connected into the town. I'm a member at the, at the local VFW. Um, so like down there, I'm talking to the, to the guys and mm. the other, and the other people um, and then who are involved in those community events. So I'm kind of like, and my brother's a, a, He works at the Warrenville Firehouse too. So like our family is really well connected into the town now. Um, And so that, and my mom teaches piano and everything like that. So there's, there's a lot of, of things that, that we just kind of do as a bigger family Mm -hmm. um, in town. And so um, that's been part of the marketing success too, with regards to the word of mouth is just people know. Like the it, it's silly, but the LaForge name is now something that like I joke with my with my father that he started a, another dynasty. That there are other there are there are <laughs> literally there are, there are four other families in Warrenville that just about everybody is connected to in some way or another. Oh, wow. And so I was like, we are, our house will soon rival theirs, like Game of Thrones style. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's just it's one of those things that's um, that's that's cool. Is is that you know like. Um, my mom some of my mom's piano students will be like so i heard something about laforge wine do you know anything about that and she's like well that's my son oh my gosh (laughs) so like so there's there's connections through there too in in other community aspects that we're involved in so it's like um I'd say like, if you're a small business owner and you're looking to start something and you wanna get involved and you're like, okay, I've got my location set, then just get involved with whatever it is the community is doing. And if you're excited about that community, then that community is gonna be excited about you. And that's mm-hmm. really what it's been with Warrenville uh, as a town. And I like doing this has really made me love the town more than I did even when we decided to move here. Hmm. Um, because it was like, cause there's just so many people who are, who are excited about the town and and having that connection with their neighbors and and everything. And so that was something that, that um, I've really enjoyed. And that's been part of the the marketing aspect too. And and that if somebody comes by and they buy just one bottle, they're, they're still a part of that Mm -hmm. community experience that, that our business brings to it. So
0: very cool.
1: So do you guys want to hear some more stories? no, (laughs) (laughs) The horse. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can go into a little bit about the um. How are we how are we on time right now? Do we know?
0: No clue. I mean, we are not on a timeline. So we um, could
1: we could split this to two episodes
0: two episodes
1: so this is a bald-faced hornet you see how it's white
0: yeah right there that's crazy their
1: stingers hurt a little more but they're a little bit more docile from what i I was like it's
0: not attacking you (laughs) no they're actually i'm like mm -hmm. very afraid of bees (laughs) you like
1: whipped one at her earlier
0: i was like like oh you do not know what sorry (laughs) no it's fine i just i don't know why i Mm -hmm. so as a kid it's it really stems from that as a kid i was like running through this maze it was fall and my friend felt something on her head, and she grabbed it, and it was a ladybug. And she was like, oh my gosh, you caught a ladybug. And then I felt something on my head, and it was a wasp. I didn't know it, so I grabbed it, and it stung me in the hand. And then I was stuck in the maze. It was probably like seven or eight. Oh
3: and my so gosh. I'm like
0: screaming through the maze, trying to get out, trying to find my mom,
3: that's freaking
0: out. And so, I mean, that's, that's where it That's why. Yeah. That's Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> so tell me, so you make... Are so you make raspberry wine? Mm-hmm. That's right. The red wine, different kinds. Okay, from the wait. Different
0: can, I, can I ask you a question? Definitely. What's the difference between a raspberry and a black raspberry?
1: So uh, raspberries, red uh, raspberries yeah. are red, and black raspberries so are that's black. Literally a different. So they're they're different than a blackberry, so, and there there are right. blackberries, and they're yeah. different. So okay, because
0: um, I, I was like. I think they're different, they but are, I wasn't yeah. sure. Black okay.
1: raspberries. The reason why you can't buy them in stores typically is because their skins are not as firm as red raspberries, and mm. so they don't transport very well. Got it. They're slightly sweeter. They're higher, and I believe. Um, what do you? What's the thing that the? Um, that's supposedly in fish that you're supposed to eat. Mercury. Omega three. Uh, Omega three. <laughs> no, no, that's fatty acids. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's some kind of special uh, antioxidants that's got mm. it's mm-hmm. higher in antioxidants than red raspberries okay. so a so healthy wine they're supposedly better for you yeah yeah of course healthy wine. Yeah. um so they're supposedly <laughs> like why better for you and when we actually when we first did this one of the things we did was like okay um when we when I discovered the black raspberries I'm like oh my goodness these things are fantastic we needed like and I realized as my expenses were going up and as I'm establishing things I'm like we need to make money so one of the things you can do without really any kind of permits or overhead is you can sell your own produce up to a certain amount. Hmm. And so we sold our black raspberries. Hmm. Um, we'd already started our Facebook page kind of talking about that, that content going out there and letting people know, here's who we are and just kind of getting me before we even applied for the city process where we'd be at a public hearing. Right. So it wasn't just like we dropped in out of nowhere. We'd already been talking to the community via the internet and also just our neighbors for about two years before we even started that process. Yeah. And one of those things was we sold our black raspberries. So we go through and we went through and we were just harvesting them um, and and selling them fresh to people. Like mm. pe- and we were selling them for around um, you know, it's like I think we had it's like six dollars a pint or something like that. So it okay. ended up being around $12 a pound, which is typical. I'm good. typical for black raspberries. Um and people, we, I was surprised that so many people were like, oh, black raspberries are my favorite. You just wow. can't ever buy them anywhere. I've and so we had <laughs> we had a unique we had a unique product. Yeah. Um, and so we got a lot of people that were that just came out came out even from Wheaton and Aurora really wow. to come and buy them. Wow. Um, so it was really cool. And that was that was interesting because it's it feels, you're like getting at six dollars at a time, selling them a pint. Yeah. And then at the end of that year when we were doing that, we we're like, oh, we just made three hundred dollars. Like yeah. that's great. Because we went over our budget by three hundred dollars this year. Oh wow. <laughs> so That's so um, good. So and the other the other thing, going back to cash flowing, if I had to give a piece of advice on that, if you're gonna cash flow your business and you're gonna set up a budget, like I tracked the finances meticulously. Every every transaction goes into Excel, um, and do a spreadsheet that I have and I track, it is so important to split the business and family finances as hmm. soon as possible to the point of you I like we take the business money we we opened a separate account for it mm-hmm. and that was something that as soon as we did that it's like, cause there are a lot of things that just got muddy in the water where like, yeah. and when I first started out, I'd be like at the hardware store and be like, okay, I'm going to grab this. And like, oh, I need this too for the vineyard. And I just grab it in and there. And I'm spending personal money on business expenses that, that we're not really budgeting in a personal budget. Like, and you don't
0: realize how much you do that. And you don't that.
1: realize how much yeah. it adds up. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. and it's really easy starting out being like, oh, I've got $10,000. I can just buy whatever I want. Totally. And then it evaporates so quick. So like guard every single dollar, like Every single dollar that comes through, especially if you're borrowing money and you've you've sourced out some capital, um, you got to guard and and be really defensive with every dollar. Like, do I really need to spend this or am I just, can I just do something extra? Like, Hmm. um, you know, do I really need to hire somebody to do this or or can I just do this myself this time? And when I'm in the black, then I can decide, okay, well, this is a job I don't really want to do, so I'm going to pay somebody. Yeah. so like next year, since I, we're profitable now, I'll, I'll probably pick up a teenager to come do some of the yard work, you know, and we'll, or we'll hire somebody to do some of the child care from time to time. Yeah. Um, just because we know we can't, we can afford it. But up until this point, we've been doing everything ourselves right. because right. the budget has been so tight. Um, and so that's that's a really, really important aspect. I'm jump, I know we're jumping back and forth. No, I topics, love it. But,
0: and I think that's so important because... Yeah. If you, if you can, (laughs) I think you can so easily, especially if you have, you know, a supplemental income or another job or whatever, you can so easily go like, oh yeah, it's working. It's working. But you're just like, you can fool yourself into cash. You you can fool
1: yourself into spending more money than you have. Exactly. And you're
0: like, oh, well, we came out on the end fine, we paid our 401k, we did all these things, but actually you spent way more money than you needed to, or you actually, you didn't actually turn a profit at all, but it feels like it because you didn't separate your personal and business finances. So I think
1: that's something that, that if I had to go back and do that again, that's something I would have done from the start rather than waiting and waiting a year and a half into the process. Mm -hmm. Sure, I would have done it as soon as I, you know, as soon as feasibly possible, um, because it would have really cleaned up a lot of things. Yeah. Plus, also, if I miss a day keeping the books, I can just go back to the bank account and see the right. transaction and know, exactly. like, oh, this is it. So and then like and then that keeps me checking the bank regularly, which is why I recently discovered that our business bank account had purchased uh, about two hundred dollars worth of shoes in Delaware <laughs> um, and then had purchased a background <laughs> check in the state of New York. And so that's when I called the bank and said, somebody has my number, please cancel the card. Wow. Oh, gosh. So, so,
3: so tell me how? about your market research and how you decide what type of stuff to make and what
1: you think will sell well and why you think that. So the market research is... Uh, as So I I guess when I made my business plan, this is when I, when I made my business plan, this was, this was a pretty bold assumption that I made when I did, when I did this plan, I did the plan, assuming I would sell out 100% of my product, um, at least initially that I would make something and it would all go from wine to cash. And that is not an assumption that most business owners can make. But I also recognize that DuPage County has nearly a million people in it. Um, and that we are the only winery and vineyard in DuPage County and that all I need to do is sell one bottle to one-tenth of one percent of the population of <laughs> Duke County a year. One-tenth and of a percent. One-tenth of a percent, of the, yeah, I think that was the deal. Then I, I'm i sold out, basically. Like, there's, so if somebody comes by and buys a case, they've done the purchasing of, of more than, than anybody. So, like, that, you know, or really even just the population of Warrenville, I just need to sell one bottle to, you know, or one bottle a year to of the population of Warrenville Hmm. and I'm sold out. So that was one of the bigger components of, uh, of this whole process Just thinking um, that the, that there is probably a market at least based on sheer numbers for the low volume that we have. Now, as our volume increases, is that going to hold true since we're turning a profit off of the low volume we have right now, even if it doesn't hold true, I'm still going to be okay. So that was part of the, the modeling that goes into it. But, Um, The other research was like going into like what kind of wine do do consumers prefer? So we're limited on what we produce based on the variety of grapes. So one of the important things that uh, Jeff Cox talks about in the book from Vines to Wines is the importance of the grape itself. That is the single most important component of the wine and that it is better to produce a good quality grape in the region that it can be grown rather than a poor quality grape of something that you might prefer. Example being um, we grow Petite Pearl, which is a university—not a university of Minnesota. That's a Tom Pulcher private um, hybridized uh, red grape, um, and that is designed to grow in cold climates. And so that's why you're, we've been mentioning cold climate viticulture. Uh, so the, the vines and the grapevines that we have are all bred specifically to survive, and they're crossbred with um, plant material a type of grapevine called a Vitus riparia or the riverbank grape, which naturally grows in this area. It just doesn't produce a good grape for making wines. What they did is they crossbred it because it's really hardy. It can survive in the really difficult winters and short summers that we have relative to other wine growing regions in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and that um, allows it to, to grow here. And so in the book he says, you, you know, you can grow a mediocre Merlot or you can grow a good, or for in our case, we could grow a, a, a mediocre low, or we could grow a good petite, a, a good petite pearl. Hmm. And it's better ten times out of ten to grow that good that grape that will grow well in your area than to pick that variety. Like case in point, we have one of our rows here that I just got a kind of a wild hair up my uh, wild hair at my butt, and decided I was going to grow <laughs> Riesling because it's rated for zone six. We're in zone five here, and that means it's right on the border. So maybe just maybe I'll be every every other now and then I'll be able to get grapes from it, and then I could have. Riesling that was grown here. Boy, did mother nature teach prove me wrong. Uh, <laughs> now, fortunately I didn't invest any big money on this. Um, when I was originally buying the grapes, I was planning on buying about 40 and then I discovered if I bought more than 50, not only did the price go down per, vi- per vine that I bought, it went down so much that it was cheaper for me to buy 15 vines and throw them away than it was for me to buy 40. Um, so I just bought 15 Riesling vines figuring, okay, I'll just throw these in the ground. And if they work great, if they don't, um, I've, I've learned my lesson. Um, because like my uh, sister-in-law loves Riesling and I know Riesling is a really popular variety. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if I can get that to grow here, I know I could use that even just for a marketing standpoint. And if we have a small crop, I could be like, Hey, we've got this. And it'll get people's totally. eyes on the products. And then even if that's not available, there'll be something else that they're interested yeah, in. Totally. Um, and, uh, yeah, Mother Nature has Mother Nature is a cruel mistress. Um, the vines have been ravaged by our winters, um, yeah. destroyed by our bugs, and and sickened by our funguses uh, that grow wow. here that happen in Illinois that don't happen in other wine growing regions of the yeah. world. Um, and so, so much so that I'm planning on ripping them up and removing them. So, wow. with regards to market research, as far as grape varieties, I'm limited to what will grow. Now, as far as what I chose, I, a lot of the research that I that I did was in reading these other and talking to other commercial um growers and we also visited wineries in minnesota where these grapes are bred um at the university of minnesota and all the wineries that they have around there and i was talking to people and it was it was always fun i'd walk in and i the tasting staff would come up and be like oh what would you like to try today i'm like i would like look down and be like okay that's shipped in that's shipped in okay now that's a that's a hybrid that's grown local that's you know okay i'm like all right, I'll take your Frontenac, your Frontenac gris, uh, the uh, La Crescent, and the. Um, I see you have uh, yeah, uh, something else. I'd be like yeah, Frontenac Blanc. I'll take that, and so they'll be like okay, and then they'd like pour them and be like like tasty be like okay you know what the bricks was brought in It was brought in this and they're like oh it was this and i'm like okay you know you know what the, the ta was how mature was the vine like do you know what the spacing <laughs> is on the vines yeah, like just like rattling, oh rattling it off and like and then the person would be like let me go get and then insert name of person here yeah. and then usually it was the owner who would come up oh, and, and awesome. then like and they'd be like oh you, you want to do this and then like it's so fun with the cold climate viticulture it's, it's almost like its, in, yeah. it's own community mm-hmm. um like my understanding is you go out west and you could never talk to the head winemaker he's the you know in california or something and he's like oh hush hush hy- hybrids i don't drink filth <laughs> like you know that sure. that kind of thing whereas like because it is difficult to grow grapes in this kind of climate it's like we're all we're all just like misery loves company kind of thing <laughs> and so like like I'd have the the owner would come up and be like, oh, let me, you know, I was like, come show me, like, come to the barrel room, like, we get the behind behind the scenes Hmm. tour, like the industry discount. It was it's always so fun. Um, it it first time it happened, like, here's like, we need to go. I'm like, you don't understand. I'm taking notes. (laughs) Like, I have my notebook with me and I'm writing down all these things, like their their numbers, the yeast they use, the different the different stuff, and uh, the challenges that they've been that they've dealt with, and and they love, and it's just anybody's in this industry, we like talking about it. Like Mm -hmm. I and. Mm -hmm. If you listen I mean, who knows how many hours we're into this podcast at this point? This is just what I'd like to do. It's yeah. one of the things. <laughs> um and so it's uh it's it's A nerdy aspect of it um and so it's happened consistently every single winery i've gone to i just i always start with the tasting staff and then i um wind up with the owner and, and it's not like i'm a sommelier where i'm like oh please don't bring me this filth bring me bring me the fine wines i want the back the top shelf stuff that you hide from everyone no it's always like i'm like what are you selling to people and then i i talk i'm like what what sells like what goes from the shelf? into the customer's bags. Um, and that was one of the things that I discovered is that they were like, pretty much consistently, they were like, sweet sells, 10 to 1 over dry. Wow. Which is a surprise to me because I love dry wines. That's what I'm into. And that's one mm-hmm. of the things when we picked, we chose Petite Pearl as a variety, um, mm-hmm. was that this is going to be our house dry red, you know, like a good medium bodied red that that people just can come and and throw a steak on the grill and drink this mm-hmm. wine and it's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And uh, and that's one of the reasons why we originally chose Frontenac as a variety before I was even aware of Petite Pearl. Um, Even though Frontenac has its challenges with regards to its acidity, um, I knew it could could make a dry red. It was the first um, red grape that really came out. It came out in 1996 um, that actually was known for is like, this has the ability to make a dry red and you guys Mm -hmm. got to try it. Like it's got, it's got distinct characteristics, distinct flavors and things that I actually now enjoy, especially as I went through the hybrid tasting, different hybrid wines, the process, um, that to where, like, if I'm, if I go into a store and if I ever saw like someone had, a um, a Marquette, which is another um, University of Minnesota, right? If they had a Marquette on the shelf, I'd be like, "And mm. hey, I'm gonna take that, even though it's sitting right next to the Paso, Paso Robles Merlot. Uh, mm. um, I'm I'm gonna take that Marquette because like that's what I'm I'm now interested in because I'm like, oh, I know that was grown clo- close to home. So it was cool. just something that part of this research. So part of the research was really fun. We were going to wineries and doing wine tasting. Sounds terrible, and yeah, and. <laughs> Talking and just talking to other people, where this is this was their passion, mm-hmm. um, and so that's something like if you can apply even a broader business basis. Like if uh, if you're interested in like I want to go do, you know, craft carpentry or something like that, go find people who do it. I guarantee the re- part of the reason why they're doing it is they love doing it, and then go spend some time with them and talk to them about their products and what sells and what moves. And and not once did I ever run to somebody that's like that's an industry secret. I can't tell you that. <laughs> everyone was always so open about you know what they do and 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 how how they got to where they did and the and the mistakes they made i mean i've i've made i feel like i made 100 mistakes and in this whole process and you know i've lost crops and um and all of it has been a learning experience that i'd, I'd happily pass on to mm-hmm. to somebody yeah. else and just changing ideas with different growers and and uh, and winemakers as well and different hobbyists so mm-hmm. um yeah, the research was part of the research. That part of the research was really really fun. Um, the red tape, not so much. But yeah. if you wanted, could you import grapes from
3: other places and sell it? Or
1: yes. Um, so the license that we have is a Illinois limited wine manufacturer's license. This is a one of the cheaper wine licenses, but it restricts us to a point where we're not allowed to do events, and we also cannot buy grapes from outside the state of Illinois as long as. Um, Well, sorry. Illinois produce must make at least make up at least sixty percent of our uh, production. Production. So technically, this this does not fit within the license, but the black raspberry does, and all of our. Everything else does. Everything besides else does. That, basically. Now that actually doesn't kick in until you've been in business for at least five, five years, years. Yeah. right? Um, Sorry, so, can you tell them a little research? It, it sounds like <laughs> it sounds like you've done a little bit of research on yeah. this, like <laughs> almost like you're making considering taking the plunge, maybe. We'll um, see. So yeah, so the the limited wine manufacturer license is good as 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 far as that goes. We've considered imp- going to the first class. Um, With that, could you then import, or is it yes. still well? So we could import from anywhere um, as a first class. As a, uh, no, as class a first one. class, yeah, you you don't even need any. You, there's no restrictions. Sure. Even under the limited wine manufacturers, we could still import. Up, that, to 40%, up to forty percent after your five years, first couple of years, it's hundred percent. it's hundred percent, then eighty percent, then sixty, yeah, then forty. Yeah, exactly. Like it steps, it steps in um, very slowly to the point where it's almost like a pointless deal where you could be like all right well now that i'm running right i'm just gonna upgrade my license and the I've license the doesn't there, so.
3: cost that much more to be honest it's like a $300 uh, license $300 to, $900 to $900 license uh, yeah at that point when you're in business for a few years yeah. it's really nothing when you have everything else
1: established yeah. already but that's that's the trap 300 to 900 dollars still a lot of money Um, Well, (laughs) it depends on how much you're making. It's true. Yeah. And and also how much return you're going to get on that difference. Exactly. So the big difference I see for upgrading our license is the ability for us to do events. There are a lot of events in town where people have asked us, can you come and bring your wine and pour your wine? Mm. And that essentially doubles what we can make on a bottle of wine because we're doing glass service.
3: Um, Well, you can make that back, it seems like, in two nights, the $600 extra.
1: Right. We could... we could do that. And that's something that we've now yeah. that we've been in at it for uh, over a year at this point where that was one of the considerations. At this point, we're just kind of looking, we're going to work around, we're going to partner with other people who hold, cool. reta- hold retail licenses. Because, um, you know, we've right now we're, we're working on our house and there's a lot of things Understood. we got going on where we're like, mm-hmm. do we really want to take this step into into the um the event scene, which is really one of the things that we're interested in doing. But um, it would also
0: be a lot of footwork.
1: Yeah, there'd be a lot more, a lot more time, and a lot more time. Yep. So we are able to do events in a different capacity. Like one of the things that we've actually thought of, um, you know, like service, service as a product, uh, is yep. experiences as products. A lot of Absolutely. people in our generation are really into experiences, especially as the grapes mature. If we have somebody who's like, they're doing a wedding, like they just got engaged and they're like, We want to do a custom wine for our wedding yep people can come out see their grapes pick their grapes step on their grapes have a photographer step on their grapes. do you still step on your grapes for the front neck that you just consumed this was foot pressed
0: (laughs) oh my gosh i love it
1: so now (laughs) we're
0: so happy
2: (laughs) this year we are borrowing a crusher to stemmer um because we have a lot more Grapes this year. Um and it's something we're hoping to buy. But yeah, there was nothing like know.
3: Oh my no. gosh. No, no. <laughs> hey, we
1: sanitized everything just for our customers. Oh, we sure. sanitize oh, sure. it. It all oh, clean. Sure. But literally that I mean that's how wine's been made for two thousand years. Yeah. Yeah. So um yeah, we uh why fix it if it's not broken? It's not broken. <laughs> uh, um but yeah, we—that's uh, amazing. So, but basically, to have st- we have that as an opportunity, and that's something we plan it. We actually have it on our Frequently Asked questions. Like, do you do like special batches? And it's mm-hmm. like talk to us. Uh, we haven't gotten to that point yet because our vines quite aren't mature. But like, if next year if someone were to come out and be like, hey, we're we want to have the winemaking experience where we come out and we do the steps, and you know, and get to. And then have that wine, let's say, at the head table or something like that right. at their wedding. Like and they can show those pictures. And I think that's something that we can also offer. Um, that, you know, you don't get to go out to that winery out in California, even if we order right. in grapes. that's right. not right. something that you really get have the have the opportunity yeah, to do. That's so, fun. so like there's there's more that we can we can kinda do from a from a standpoint that doesn't even require us to change our license. Yeah. Um and so we're we're I don't know, we're open to the idea, um, for that, I was talking about how we're potentially thinking about upgrading the license for the sake of being able to do events mm-hmm. and stuff. But uh, for now, it's just like we've got so much going on. It's like we're in the black. Let's <laughs> let's pull in industry's harvest. Let's take a deep breath. Yes. And then revise the business plan at that point. Yeah, because um,
2: yeah, right now our, our business reflects our stage of life, just I, I think as it would in any small business. Um, so you do what you have. The capacity for and what you can, um, this is what we can manage right now. Yeah. Um, and then we're open to opportunities down the road too. I think that
0: I'm I'm excited for what those possibilities are. Totally. So going back a little bit to, you you were talking to people and they said that, you know, sweeter wines sell. Mm -hmm. I've heard from both of you that like the, you know, dry reds, that's your favorite. Mm Mm-hmm. Was that a little bit of a bummer or were you like, you know what? It is what it is. We need to turn a profit. Let's just turn a profit so we can do what we actually want to do. Or were you like, ah, we're going to make lemonade so wine. This was, <laughs> yeah.
1: this was for me, this was a kind of like, you know, whenever I buy wine, like I'm buying a dry red off the shelf. That's totally. just what I do. Um, this was kind of fun because part of that research process was it's like, okay, because sweet wines kind of dominate the market, I need to learn about sweet wines. And, and dominate it, this market. Yeah,
2: market specifically.
1: That's a virtue of the fact that local wines in general, the dry reds that have come out of Illinois have always been viewed as somewhat mediocre. Just as a as reason. Sure. A, a Whereas the sweet wines have generally been viewed positively. So just as a wine growing region, um, it doesn't have the reputation for being able to do good mm-hmm. dry reds. But part of that is because the grapes didn't exist until now to be able to do that. Mm. So... Um, one of the marketing decisions that I've made is a lot of wineries in this area. If you go and you visit them, you'll notice they'll have a, a red, and it'll be like, "This is our um, horseback red, or our, you know, red pony red, or something like that." And it'll be a, <laughs> it'll have a fanciful name. And I I felt like they're kind of I I term it this, and maybe this is a, a somebody will take issue with this, but I, I consider it like hiding your hiding your hybrids. It's like you don't want people to know that it's a hybrid, so you're kind of hiding the fact that it's in there. And so mm-hmm. you can tell somebody, oh, yeah, this is locally grown, but we're not going to put Marquette or or Frontenac on the label because we know that that doesn't have the draw uh, as some kind of fanciful name. And so I've part of my idea was like I want to educate my customers and have them know that if you buy a Petite Pearl or a Marquette, you know that you bought something that was grown probably in this region mm. just by virtue of the grape that's on it mm-hmm. um, and teaching them like this is what a, a good Marquette tastes like because mm-hmm. what you just had was, a, you know, the the Frontenac. Mm-hmm. That's probably a very unique taste for you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because it is something different. It's not
2: different. that like full-bodied like Merlot
0: type taste that right a it's lot different. of people are used to. So, yeah. so, y- so are you guys on the cutting edge of like this new hybrid do you, I mean, I heard you say like we got the first of I forget what it was. It's the Itasca. Yeah. yeah. So um, are you guys are you guys like kind of the forerunners? We're not
1: like super cutting edge because Tom Plautier hasn't been calling us and asking us if he wants to do a test planning on our on our sure. Although if he were, I'd be like, please, Tom, come, I love you. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> um, mean, so our like we'll
2: tag yeah, him. but our petite pearl, <laughs> <out>. right? <Yeah. laughs> but our petite pearl vines. I mean, the those. Those weren't even developed until 2015.
1: Well, they were developed before. So well, they, they were, this is how you get on the cutting edge is is yeah. Heed has test plots all over the country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there are people who have been making wine out of some of his grapes that aren't released yet. But as soon as a grape is released to the public...
2: Yeah, like, that's, yeah so it that was, was released we 2015.
1: We which was, was a, as a University of Minnesota White. We bought that as soon as it was made available to the public. We bought some vines. Bought some the exciting thing about Itasca as a variety is because it doesn't have a reputation... There's no limits on what we're going to do with it as far as customers go, so we can kind of set customers' expectations. Cool. We could have it so that we can make a dry, you know, a dry white out of it, and if that's something that it can do and do really well, then that will be will be the ones essentially defining what that variety is.
2: Wow. Yeah, that's um, fun. And, that's so fun. And kind that's of crazy. Like, yeah. And kind <laughs> of going to your, to your question on, on the side of like, were we disappointed? Um, I think, I think I would be if no one was interested in dry red wines, but there are enough people who are that mm-hmm. like, there's a reason to make it. Yeah. And, um, and I mean, that that's my personal taste, but I am all for, trying the sweeter wines too and, and whites. Um, so I think, yeah, I think if no one wanted them, like if no <laughs> one was interested, I'd be sad, but that, that's but this just this. gives us the opportunity to branch out and, and have kind of a well-rounded, um, uh, you know, as, as we kind of get more established, have a well-rounded, um, List of choices <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> so
1: and the part of what what's most exciting about for me is not being like oh you really like you know you drank my dry red and that makes me happy it's like having customers excited yep. about my product yep I don't care what I made yep. <laughs> you like yeah. my product and that was that that that's yeah, enough that's enough yeah um, that's okay.
2: So yeah why so, would you try and sell somebody something that yep. they don't like Absolutely. you know if yeah
1: so and and that's part of the reason why is like i knew when i went into this even before i did the research the market research on seeing what was you know what moved what sold um was that i knew i'd be making some type of sweet wine just for the fact that i knew there was a market for it mm-hmm. i just didn't know it was as big as you know as as big as it is really sure um and that's great though there's um there's, there's dollar bills in there. I mean, if it weren't for the fact that people like sweet wine, we wouldn't be moving this lemonade like we, like we have been. Yeah. So, um, how did you get your
3: wine into a store?
0: That was my next question.
3: It was my uh, next question. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> you
0: guys must be married <laughs> or yeah, something. You guys are so
3: married. <laughs> <don't> um, <laughs> so um, that was, know each other. That was coincidence more than anything. Uh, you I say coincidence, but there's there's an aspect. There's a story. There's an aspect of business where it's like we we end up putting ourselves in the right place at right. the right
1: time. Well, sure. it's true. So the uh, grocery stores, and I'll definitely definitely shout them out. It's Family Foods over in Warrenville, otherwise known as Frank's for anybody who's lived in Warrenville for a really long time. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, it's <laughs> that's it, what it
2: used to be called uh, gotta, uh, before.
1: It very recently it changed ownership, so there's new owners. Of it, And I was just in there and the owner, Nick, he, you know, I, I met him and I was talking to him for a little bit. And I was like, you know, I, I own the local winery in town. Do you want some of my product on your shelves? And he's like, we're really excited to get in touch with anybody who's a local producer because we're the local grocery store and we want to sell the local products. Love it. Um, And he is. And this funny thing was, is I. I um, my mother had met him before I did and she was like you need to meet the owner of of Family Foods Um, Mm. and she's like I bet you can make a deal with him he seems like a handshake guy is what she said like the kind of guy where you you make a deal not by like signing papers and having the lawyers there or anything like that but you make the deal by you sit down you get to know each other and then you shake hands and you made a deal and that was literally how it went. <laughs> like, that's awesome. like, so I went good. in, I said, "Okay, here's here's what I want as a as." And the other thing is, I did a little research on what it's like to wholesale, because I'd never done wholesaling and I didn't yeah, know. We weren't what sure if that was expect. even
2: an option for us because of our. I mean, we're so small.
1: Because if I mean, I'm, I, I make more money when we sell it here than sure. if we wholesale. Yeah. Because we gotta. I mean, mm-hmm. and that's the thing is, somebody, uh you know, you gotta cut out the middleman, that kind of thing. It's like you know, the over at family foods, they, they do work for us. He puts it on the shelves. He's got foot traffic. He's got his own set of customers Mm -hmm. that come by that he's given us the exposure. Like I want to pay him for the work that he's doing over there. So, but I also need to make money on my product. So like, that's kind of the whole thing of of a wholesale relationship is making that uh, connection and then making a deal that's good for both of you. And that's what we ended up with is like, I was like, well, you know, you put it on your shelves, you know, and these are some of the terms that I want as far as like, um, things that you need to think about if you're ever going to wholesale, um, any of your products is whether or not you're going to sell on credit, um, in terms of delivery. So if they call for restock, how fast are you going to be able to turn around on inventory, amount of inventory, minimum inventory purchases, certain things that you got to think about all things that I had kind of already had in my head. Like these are the, the terms that I'm going to offer him. And then these are the, and, and hopefully he'll accept and, and hopefully it'll be good for both of us. And it's been great. Like they've been, the wine's been flying off the shelf over there. Um, and Karis likes that because since she doesn't have mm-hmm. to make the pickups, <laughs> well, it's kind
2: of it's it's like buying more time sure. to to do the other things that we need to do. So
1: sure, and so, since we had the production to be able to do it now for our front necker li- really limited releases, we we weren't able to put it on your shelf. But even for the raspberry wine, where I knew like it was going to sell, I was like, I still want people to be able to know that okay, they can get some of our stuff at his store. So I promised yeah. them, I'm like, it's a
2: very yeah. very very limited. Stock, <laughs> yeah, and
1: so I, I, promised him. I'm like, I'm gonna get you at least two cases of this, and you know, I'm gonna advise you because part of the benefit of for him is of having us there is that they can get some foot traffic. Yeah, so that's really important for retail, um, grocery store especially. Is you know they need people coming in the door, and so like, how do you get people in the door? You gotta have. That's why they have lost leaders and all kinds of things like that that they that they operate with. Um, but you can also have unique products and that gets people in the door. And I told him I'm like, you are going to be it. You're going to be the only guy in town who's selling this. Um, and so, and that's gotta have, and so part of it's, you know, like sales on my own standpoint, but it's also sales on his standpoint, cause he knows I can use this and I can get people in my door. Yeah. And so it was, it was just a, you know, I was just in the store. I was there picking up, gosh, what was I? like hamburgers or something. Yeah. And I ran into the owner and we talked and he said, come meet me. And we had a little meeting. It was a 30 minute meeting. We shook hands. I brought yeah. a case and over wine. it works wine. so
2: well because it's also a local business. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, it's like two local businesses partnering Helping together. It effort. wouldn't, yeah, it wouldn't work at like Walmart or a bigger, sure. you know, yeah, Because if, if we're like, we're available <laughs> yeah. <at> Walmart now, <laughs>
1: what's that? Like, so I think Whenever if you're going to decide and if you're going to sell it a retailer or have somebody else selling your product for you, I think it's important to see if they've got a similar vision, at least as far as, you know, customer base that you have. I think that's something that like because I don't think we wouldn't we wouldn't sell at Target or Walgreens or anything like that. I don't think that would be something that I'd be interested in doing. Hmm. Um, but selling it like if it, there's a like a local wine tasting place that would open up or, or something like that, we would do that. But like at the local grocery store, that's owned by these two guys that I can, I walk in there, every time I walk in there, I see one of them. Like I see Nick or Rob and I like say hi. Like that's that's important to me and that's important to a lot of people in this community um, to be able to know that I can walk into my grocery store and I can talk with the owner about something mm-hmm. and rather than like Target where it's like this is some French executive somewhere who, <laughs> who's, you know, got the reins on this kind of thing. So even though I'm not saying like big corporations don't have people who are well, obviously involved in the like community, but.
2: Buying wine off the shelf at Target. Like there's, there's, I mean, I do it. There's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just for, just for the, um, kind of our Your niche. setup and yeah, yeah exactly. It, it just, it just works out, um, a lot better logistically. And like Kevin said, vision wise, um, We just have a, a bit of a different market, and and this lends itself to it better. So,
0: so this might be a difficult question, but do you think your winery and your concept would work if you were in like big city Chicago hmm. or you know? I mean, I just keep hearing you say like Warrenville, small communities, local. Are, we are very you know, <laughs> Very. I mean, very, it's so focused.
1: Right. Um, would
0: would it
2: work? In a bigger city, I
1: think it can. Um,
2: I'm not sure if our current model would, but I, I think obviously
1: you can't buy an acre in Chicago, but right, <laughs> it
2: would be okay. real expensive. Yeah, you'd, you'd probably have to outsource. Um, yeah. But I, I think it's doable. I, I think that we would look very different, um, and and there would be a really cool like community niche that we would probably find there too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so I think it's, it would be. I think it would be doable, but it would just, it just would look different. Would look, I, think um, I don't know that we could take what we have here and stick it in Chicago and have it be, the you know.
1: There's two issues that, so there's two things that come to mind. I think it'd be, there would be really exciting aspect of that is because even though Chicago is a big city, it is broken up into smaller neighborhoods. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's where you'd, you'd take your focus and be like, you know, we are, you know, we're the Lincoln Park um, winery mm-hmm. where you can, mm-hmm. you know, this is what we're, we're looking for um the issue of course is if you did try to transplant us to chicago is you drown in red tape there um Mm because you basically from talking to karis's dad who who helped do a construction project in in chicago you the aldermen are so absurdly corrupt (laughs) like (laughs) it's that that to get your to get yourself off the ground you'd have to really get in with with them and and Mm. you know promise to support them the next election or something like I don't know it's it's just um what was it your dad was saying like oh yeah he was like it was they the when he was going to do a, a primary because in Illinois Illinois has open primaries and you go and you can pick up a Democrat ticket or a Republican ticket and
2: oh I remember and he yeah. was
1: he was walking in and then the city alderman who was very very Democrat was watching for anybody who picked up a Republican ticket so if you're a business owner and you didn't pick up the Democrat ticket, then you were in trouble. So Karis's father, because he was trying to get a building project approved, picked up the Democrat ticket. Like that's Chicago. Like so, that's the thing wow. of of trying to get this business to work in Chicago is you have to, like, to get the approval. You I, it just these are just the nightmare stories that I hear coming out of there, which is why I wouldn't try to do it in Chicago. And now not to discourage somebody from doing it because I still think you can in Chicago. Like you just have to be very, very savvy. Um, and know that, that and you and your aldermen might not be like that because they, they aldermen in Chicago, they run their own little fiefdoms. Um, and, and they may just be really business friendly and really excited about what you're planning to bring to the community, especially if you get the community behind you and excited about you before you even do that and, and tell people I'm planning to do this and I really hope I can get approval for it. And this is what I'm planning on doing. Yeah. Um, but, that's that's the dark shadow in the back of your head um is is red tape so uh, um that would be like for me like going to chicago i don't think there'd be any trouble duplicating this model in chicago as far as really getting tucked in with with that neighborhood that you're in or Mm -hmm. even just your street Mm yeah you know and, and and saying like people on this street were excited about this and 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 or identifying yourself with that and then getting to know your neighbors. And I, I certainly think it could work there. Even though you have some people, you know, you walk down the sidewalk and they cast their eyes down and they don't want to meet you. Hmm. Um, but there's always people who like to talk to other people and are excited about what other people are doing in their community. And I think you can find that just about anywhere in the country.
0: It's kind hmm. of an old way of thinking, right? It's like, I'm just picturing like Little House on the Prairie, like barn <laughs> raisings and like, you know, where Community supports community. Well, that's that's yeah. what, yeah. That's what this that is. I mean, you're
1: looking these plantings. We had planting day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We had friends and family. I mean, we can't afford the labor for it, but we had friends and family come out and help us dig these holes wow. and put in these posts and put in the drain tile yeah. and all the things we had to do to get this vineyard established. Yeah. And
2: and basically, that, we we fed them and gave them wine. <laughs> we fed them and gave them wine <laughs> or, and that or was beer, th- whatever they wanted to drink, and you know, and they were happy to help because they were excited for. Um, for us to be up and running and to kind of yeah be a part of it, so yeah, and I think that some of that gets lost, like because we don't live in that time anymore where um, it's very individualistic. Yeah, it, and it's very it's easy to get isolated in your own life, and mm-hmm. um, and and I don't have to try for my life to be busy, but I have to be intentional. <laughs> about like carving out time. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I can kind of re-energize and regroup a little bit. Um, but I think, I think that, um, it's, it is kind of cool to see, um, I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say, but you know what I mean? Like where there's, um, like it, it's, it's easy to get isolated, but you have to be intentional about community. And I think this is kind of a way that we can bring community together a little bit more. Yeah, so yeah. I had
1: friends from so, Am- yeah. the rock climbing community and our church and like people that just came out and especially like people who work in office jobs and you're like, you want to come out and dig? And people are like, yes. Get your hands <laughs> <through. laughs> yeah. dirty. Hand. Or I had like yeah. some friends who like work with their hands, like I need to rest on the weekends. <laughs> yeah. Like, so it was, it was cool. Um, The other part of this too is we had, uh, Barney and Christopher, we we joke that there are board members. Um, not really. <laughs> there are board members. Like, we've... I've sat down... We've sat down with them, yeah. and we've had, like, two-hour-long meetings where we're talking about what... Because it's just... Like, we don't want to get trapped in our own little thing. Like, mm-hmm.
2: we're so excited about it this. Is this going to It can to get work? into an echo chamber right. if mm-hmm. you're not talking to, yep. to other and people so who are yep. kind they've of... Been,
1: they've been coming alongside us, and we've been talking with them, and um, we need to have... An, we have to schedule our another board meeting, but... Um, we, we joke, we have our board meetings and really our board meetings, we sit around and we drink and then we talk about, I throw, I just throw out my ideas, Kara throws out her ideas and they're like, yeah. Or or like, no, I don't know (laughs) about that. (laughs) (laughs) So like, um, at the end of the day, like everything that we, you know, every decision that we made has been bounced off of someone other than just us. Cool. Um,
0: awesome. Well, if you had one piece of advice to offer to somebody who wants to, you know, start something small, you know, go for their passion project, start a a side hustle, what would you say? I think for me, the
2: answer was even in your question, like, cause you said starting small. And I think, um, not not that it's a cookie cutter process for anybody starting a small business, it's different for everyone, but I'd say, don't be afraid to start small. Um, because I think, um, it, it can help break down the process into, um, realistic and, um, easier to swallow kind of steps, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, um, cause this way, like if we ever do expand, if we ever get bigger, like we're, we're, we can already, like, we're already up and running and doing what we want to do. Um, and it looks it it certainly looks different than if we had you know moved out to Galena and bought uh, 150 acres and started that way, but um, but this is this is the way that we chose to do it, and I and I'm really glad that we did because um, because there's a lot of fulfillment and reward in and even doing this as a side hustle. So I think that's mine. Don't be afraid to start small, and also for me, where fear often, um, can take over. Um, don't, um, don't let fear stop you from taking the step. Like basically do it scared. Hmm.
1: Yeah. So. And I, I have to agree that that second bit that, you know, cast your dream and then set some goals and then, and then go for them and don't let like and this is, I don't know, super cheesy, you know, don't let no, be like, oh, you can't, you can't plant a vineyard in the suburbs and, and find and get it to work. There's no way that's going to happen. Yeah, Like, you know, go and, and, and find, I mean, I've, I hit a lot of dead ends in this whole process of, especially when we were looking on where we were going to situate the winery and licensing. There's certainly a lot of trial
2: and error. Yeah.
1: Um, and even with the growing the grapes and the viticulture aspect of it, I mean, I've, I've certainly had the failures. Um, But be willing, be willing to accept failure as a part of the process um, is certainly part of it. Um, Don't risk more than you're willing to risk. Understand your risk from, include that as part of your uh, your model. And then, like I said earlier, like split the finances as soon as you can, (laughs) Um, because then you'll, you'll know. And know that, that one of your goals, I, I, you need, one of your goals needs to be to make money. (laughs) So, and for us, that's part of it. Like I did. When I mentioned how we cashed flowed this, part of the the funding was literally a retirement piece. Hmm. There was a book I read when I was in college about uh, how part of your retirement portfolio should be a skill that you invest in to in the form of uh, a small business. So you can always supplement income with something that you enjoy. Um, and that was one of my my thought processes. But knowing that I want to be able to make a profit doing, doing this and how much work am I willing to put in for that level of profit um, – so setting, setting the goals and then, and then going for them, and, and when somebody tells you no, ask why not, and then, okay, well, what can I do to alleviate that? And you'll find that pretty much everybody along the step of the way wanted to be helpful. Hmm. Now, even, even in the regulatory agencies, n- nobody that I talked to said, no, you can't do that, and I don't want you to. Um, I'm sure somebody could have, and that would have shut us, stopped us, but I would have, I would have gone up another road. Um, <laughs> yeah. So persistence is, mm-hmm. is a big key in that. Um, but yeah, start small. Don't take, you know, determine your risk tolerance and take that level of risk. And, and I think you'll be surprised. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, also it's say like,
2: Yeah. Don't, don't put yourself in a box either with how um, your business should look based on how because, for us, it's like it looks so different from the typical like mm-hmm. vineyard and winery, um, and, and yeah, operating
1: by appointment. That was the yeah. funny thing. Listening <laughs> to um um Elsbeth at the yeah. cyclery. and yeah. she was like, "Yeah, we like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> started with and ten thousand dollars and by appointment." Me too. That was, $10 was $10 so and encouraging to
2: hear a similar story. Yeah, and I think that <laughs> customers also appreciate that when you operate the way that it works best for you and your business because also you're you're um helping yourself to be in a better position to provide that service to others Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm.
0: awesome well this is so great thank you so much for having us we love the wine (laughs) thoroughly enjoyed it um you can find the laforges at um their website i'll link it in the show notes um you can come pick up the some yep. wine from have, them by appointment we still
1: have some lemonade There's wine some available it's mm. almost sold out so almost if you want out, some <laughs> put in your order because it will probably be gone by yes, the end of the month
0: yes so yeah what um, do you have available we just right have the lemonade wine everything Only else the lemonade is everything wine. else sold out <laughs> so, so next year you'll be able to get more vintages of all things all yep. the things frontenac and lemonade wine and black raspberry wine and all that kind of stuff but so stay tuned for that but yeah thanks so much guys all right thanks, thanks you. for coming <laughs> yeah, it's a pleasure Hey, if you liked this or any of our other episodes, jump on your phone or your computer right now and let somebody know. We'd love if you tag us on social media and leave us a review on iTunes. So thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week.